Hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first episode on Midwest Farm Wives podcast. We are so excited that you've decided to listen with us. And today's um, episode is going to be kind of an introduction to both Kylie and I's family farms and what we do on the farm, inside and outside of everything. So I will go ahead and start first with Bart and I's operation. Um, We are a small-scale farm in northwest Kansas. We are in the very far corner of Kansas, right by the Colorado border. Um, Farming around here is tough. There are a lot of large family farms passing down in generations, and people have a lot of money that are renting, buying a majority of the ground. So we are very blessed to have what we do and are always thankful when we can pick up more land. Um, We have done this all on our own with no help, so we are very proud with what we have and what we are able to still get. Land prices here are pretty high, um, so we do not own any and really don't have any intention of doing so unless we can get a very good price on something. We rent everything we have, which is um, 3,500 acres, and we do 75-25 shares and some cash rent. We raise a majority of corn, milo, triticale, and wheat. We are no-till farmers. We live in a very warm, dry climate with very limited water to irrigate. So we use this method to conserve as much moisture in our ground and in our dirt as possible. The only tillage we do practice is strip tilling in the fall or early spring to incorporate fertilizer and provide a good seed bed for our corn that we plant. We own and BART operates a successful ground spray rig. We subcontract through a large chemical company that has a local office here. On his good years, he sprays anywhere from 70 to 80,000 acres in recently has decided to scale back just due to the kiddos and our family. We miss him, and so he's decided to scale back on that, and the farming is keeping him equally as busy. Um, Bart and one of his brothers also have a silage chopping business together. We have trucks and trailers that run under that every spring and late summer. We also pick up a lot of custom drilling, planting, and harvesting on the side, well, because equipment. (laughs) It costs a lot. We have a lot of payments to make and we have found that custom work is a good way to utilize that equipment and keep our operation financially smooth um, running. As far as my contribution to the farm, um, I'm 50% of the debt. (laughs) So all the risk Bart takes, I take on as well. Um, A lot of people have asked what I think of him working so hard and all the busy hours and well, it's teamwork. So We both have to make sacrifices and do a lot of extra things to make that work smoothly. Um, We make it work because we chose this lifestyle together. It wasn't just him or I choosing it. We chose to do this together when we got married and moved here. Um, As far as working goes, I am a stay-at-home mom. We have Bodie that's five, Layton that's four, and Rowdy is six months, but we hardly stay home. Uh, I actually think I should be called a work-at-home mom. I manage our two LLCs, farm and personal books, and all that comes with that in my quaint little home office. There's more on the book side than anyone who doesn't know would probably not not understand how much goes into it, Um, but I really enjoy it and I'm super glad that I'm able to handle it all because it saves us quite a bit of money. Um, I am the fill-in gal when it comes to things needing done on the farm. And the guys are too busy. Um, that can range from parts run to checking and maintaining irrigation motors and absolutely everything in between. I run the grain cart in the summer and fall harvest alongside our hardworking crew. I thoroughly enjoy being in the field with our kids then. A lot of the stuff I do, though, goes, un- goes unnoticed very easily because it's things that don't jump out at you. 
My garden is a big part of it. Um, cleaning the shops, burning seed bags when they pile as high as the shop door, mowing our whole place, keeping up with laundry, cleaning, and all that entails, feeding and raising meat for our family, and some days just keeping the kids alive is a chore in itself. Um, I don't say these things to brag on what I do. I say these things so that other women out there know that no matter how large or small their contribution contributions are on our on a farm they are needed and not alone and thinking that the small stuff doesn't always matter because it does um <clears throat> so yeah that's bart and i's operation and i'm gonna send it over to kylie and let her talk about her operation okay so i'm so impressed just for anyone listening we have not ran through this once like this is the first go at it and so i haven't even gotten to hear all of whitney's story um so kudos to you. I think it's really interesting that we're doing this together because some of the stuff that you said about the Kansas farmers around you kind of pertains to us. And so we're going to get a really good view of, you know, the differences and how we're a lot alike, but we're all also a lot different. Um, so I am Kylie. Welcome, like Whitney said, to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast. We're so excited that you're here. Um, can you hear me okay? Just double checking. Yep, you sound great. Okay, perfect. Um, so I am born and raised in Northeast Missouri. We have, um, the county that I was raised in borders the Mississippi river. So we are about 90 miles North of St. Louis. And just to give anybody an idea of where we're at, I married my husband, Jordan in 2013. He is the fifth generation farmer for his family. Um, his dad was the only boy born into his family and Jordan was the only boy born into um, his, 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 between his three siblings, excuse me. So not that boys have to be the only farmers, but we all know that that's kind of statistically what happens. So I was fortunate enough to meet and marry Jordan. We have two children, uh, Rhett and Reese. They were born in 2015 and 2017. And before that I went to college to be a teacher. And so I taught for one year and Jordan and I had dated all through high school. And so we kind of knew that I would probably come back and work on the farm, just like Jordan's mom does. Um, and do the book work. We decided to expand our operation, which I'll go into here in just a second. And so I came back to work on the farm in 2012 or 13. Um, in, sorry, I have Rhett yelling at me. I can hear him now. He's whispering now. <laughs> so we have a row crop operation and hogs. Um, we started farming in 2008. So I say we, it was Jordan. And he um, bought his own nursery out south of our town. And so he had a small 40 acres in his own nursery that he purchased on his own, which is so impressive. And then um, we've just slowly grown over the years. We bought our home farm in 2016 and um, it is 374 acres. And so we live and farm that piece of ground. And then as a total, we have um, quite a few other rented acres. We do 50-50 we do land leases and then we do um, a, a flex lease where we have a premium. If we have a really good crop, we pay our landlords out a, a premium also. Um, so that's row crop. We farm corn and soybeans primarily. We don't um, dabble in any wheat, even though a lot of farmers around us do have wheat. And then they also um, have beef cattle and hay, but we, we really are just corn, soybean and hogs. Um, as for the hogs go, Jordan's family started a thorough to finish operation back in the early 1990s, mid 1990s. 
And so they built a 1200 head SAI unit. And so for those of you who don't know what a SAI unit is, it is a, um, it is a facility that houses mom pigs. So sows are mother pigs and they um, have babies and that's kind of the process. And then the babies get weaned at 21 days and then we have an internal operation on that side. So the babies will go to the nursery and they will stay there for a certain period of time and then they will move on to the finishers, which uh, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law built back in the late 90s. And so um, in 2014, we decided to grow our hog operation and we built a 5,000 5, head sow unit. And we, um, that's when I came back to work for the farm because we were going to have to hire someone to do the book work. And so I totally want to mirror what Whitney said on the book work. It is an insane process. And um, there's so many things that we have to do uh, to keep records, to send invoices, to pay bills, to document inventory, to, you know, there's just all of these things that the bookkeeping requires. So I always give kudos to men who farm and do their own book work. Like that is, or even women, um, that is just an insane responsibility because I find the book work overwhelming myself at times and I don't do all the day-to-day -day farming chores. Um, we, so we have the 5,000 head, they're at a wean. So we send the baby pigs to Iowa, which is the like pig capital of America. Um, and let's see here, what else? We're conventional, to kind of go back, I'm just looking through my notes here. We're conventional till, um, we till almost everything. We have really hot, humid summers. We usually have a good amount of rain. As we know, plant 19 has been quite the um, chore we just finished planting here um, this past weekend. We also do some custom work, um, not near to the extent, but I would uh, also agree that equipment is super expensive. And so anywhere we can um, make sure that we're using that equipment properly is, um, it, it needs to be worth it, worth what we're paying for sure. Um, so back in 2018, in May, our brand new sow unit that we built in 2014, so it was only four years old, it burnt completely to the ground. And um, we had kind of a tragedy there. No one was injured, but we did lose all of our, our sows and all of our baby pigs in that fire. Um, so it proved to be an issue for various reasons. We also had an employee wreck one of our um, fat hog trailers and so he got life lighted and he's I'm proud to say that he's okay and back to work but we've had a couple of really um, trying situations here in the last 18 months and so I would love to expand on those in the future episodes but um, you know we're young farmers we took over our crop a row crop farming operation here this past January and um, we still have a lot to learn, but for being 28, I'm 28 and my husband is 30, I think we really have faced, faced a lot of adversity. And I'm sure you can say the same thing, Whitney, pulling, you know, doing your own thing is even um, harder. We do have some, you know, family, family land that we get to rent um, and, and as part of our operation. But um, just because we're young millennial farmers, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have some adversity and have some issues. So no, um, no reason to uh, denote that at all. Uh, duties on the farm for me, really quick, I'll run through those and then we can move on. Um, I am the parts runner. Uh, my primary job is the book work. We have about 11 entities on our farm that we manage. Um, some of them kind of are in the same area, but um, we have two hog operations. We have 
uh, Jordan and I's personal book work. We have our um, row crop farming operation, just kind of a handful of things that we do. So I do all of that uh, alongside my mother-in-law. We work out of an office at their home farm. And then also, like you said, I'm kind of the fill-in. And then I do all the chores at home. So, uh, you know, taking the trash out, mowing the yard, weed eating. Um, we don't have a garden because I have the blackest thumb ever. Um, <laughs> we've just started, we've just started taking plants like shrubs out when we moved into this house in 2016, all the shrubs were really overgrown. And so we started removing them and we're like, yeah, we'll replant, you know, in two months or whatever, whenever we're going to replant, just gone. Like they're just, we have no landscaping right now. So there's that. Um, but you've had a lot going on. We have had a lot going on. So I try to give myself like just a little bit of like, right, grace. Yeah. Like it's okay. Like don't freak out about it. Um, But yeah, I I think that how it's just working with Jordan, we can talk, we're going to go into that in just a second, which is kind of a good segue into the like tips with working with your husband. But um, it is always interesting around here because your job is never the same day to day. Like you get called to go pick somebody up or take something somewhere or move this or move that or. um, uh, And it's really not ever a question that you can say no to either. (laughs) Right. I'm sure any farm wife can agree with that. Right. Sometimes Jordan will say, are you bringing me supper? And I say, no. And usually he (laughs) says, okay, I'll get something when I get home. And I only usually say no when we've had like the longest day ever. And when you're around your kids 24 seven, all you stay home moms, God bless you. Bedtime Um, is the best. Bedtime is a gift. Um, And then you just pray that they sleep all night. No, I'm just kidding. I do love my kids, the (laughs) heck out of my kids. We're missing our, we do have a sitter. Okay, side note, we do have a sitter that comes in three days a week because I do take the kids to work. We're not in our home. There's not um, good places for them to nap. I mean, our routine's really off. So we do have a sitter that watches the kids three days a week and she's on vacation this week. And so I, we have been together a lot and Jordan's <laughs> been spraying and planting. And so um, we are really excited to have Jordan back home after this busy season kind of concludes. Yes, so, I'm sure. Uh, team make teamwork makes a dream work, right? You said teamwork is kind of how it works on your farm. And it's exactly the same for us. Jordan and I are 50, 50 owners in our business. Um, while he has a lot of the decision-making pressure, um, I do too, in a certain extent, to a certain extent, but really, you know, am I going to market this grain? Am I going to do that? That's all on him. But the uh, risk, the risk is equal. Um, we we share that for sure. And so that is a heavy responsibility. Right. And Bart and I, we joke, we have a $300 rule that if you're going to spend over $300, we have to talk about it. And if you farm, you know that everything costs over $300. Yeah. Oh, Jordan and I have a number like that too. It's like four. We, we, we very rarely ever spend over four or $500. Like that's kind of our thing. Like if it's that much, we probably should have a conversation. And usually when we spend that much money, it, it, we're either together buying something or it's something for the farm. And so, um, repair bills and stuff like that, that goes by the wayside. But if I'm about to spend like $400 on something that I would want, I would definitely have to talk to him because I'd feel guilty, but I think Jordan right. might actually just spend it. Like if he's going to get a grill, yeah. I think he might ignore me. <laughs> well, when Bart got a new sprayer, he's like, so how do you feel about like me spending this amount? And I'm like, you're not really asking me, are you? Because right. I know you're going to do it already. Right. Like, I know, but we have our rule. I said, I know, honey. Thank you for asking, but yeah. I don't know that really? I have an opinion. <laughs> right. 
Right. So, so we were both going to give a couple tips on how we think marriage with our, our working with our husbands and our marriage all kind of intertwines and what we think works for us. We are in no way experts, so <laughs> don't, don't make it seem like we are. Um, my number one thing is communication is huge, which everyone knows that, but you cannot over communicate in my eyes in a farming situation just because you know now the depression the stress the worry there's so many emotions that happen and you like have to check on your significant other Mm -hmm. and make sure they're okay you can see when they're down you gotta you gotta make them talk about it even the hard stuff I know that the hard stuff is uncomfortable but that's sometimes when you have to talk the most is with uncomfortable stuff and just like an example of uncomfortable but it's okay so we cut out just for a second we're obviously very new at this and we have a program that we're not super familiar with so i um heard whitney's tip about communication and i have one written down on my paper that piggybacks right off of that um my tip is to figure out what communication what form of communication works for you and your husband So Jordan and I are very chatty people. We talk a lot. We like talking on the phone to each other most of the time. And so I will call him and early in our relationship. I would really rely heavily on him answering me. And as we've progressed in our relationship, I understand that he takes a thousand phone calls a day. And so sometimes he won't answer my phone call. And if he does, I can always instantly tell if he has time to talk or if he's around other people or if he's too busy. And so you know, that's one thing that I easily know, okay, like what I'm going to ask him is not urgent. And so I'm going to wait and I'm going to have him call me back. Yeah. Like, like he's going to be mad if I actually finish the sentence. And so I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you in just a few minutes. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and then I think, well, should I have even called him? But usually, you know, I'm not calling for no, no reason at all. Um, But then also we have um, some friends that say, well, we don't talk business at the dinner table. And I do agree with that to a certain extent, but Jordan and I, our whole life revolves around this business and yet it revolves around God and our kids that our business fits right in there too. And so we talk often at the dinner table or before we go to bed about things that we need to talk about because uh, many times we don't get the opportunity throughout the day to just him and I have a conversation about our business. And right. so we find these pockets, even when we are with our kids, um, to, to communicate, um, even if it's something as simple as like, what time tomorrow are you going to FSA to, you know, file our crop plans. And so, right. um, so we do I the think, same thing. yeah, figure out what works for you. Like you and I may be different, but you have to, as a couple, figure out what works for you. Right. And when it's your lifestyle, I mean, like you had said, there's other things in our lives too, but this is our way of living and how we chose to live. That's, it's always something to talk about. Yeah. And two, another tip, and this is really for family. Remember that your little kids are always watching. So in the way that you communicate with each other, don't get me wrong. I get frustrated as heck with Jordan at times because, you know, maybe he is doing something and I have something equally important that I feel is important. And he doesn't, you know, show me that he knows it's, it's important. I don't think I'm explaining that very well, but like, I think something's important. I have papers that need signed or I have um, need his opinion on something and he's too busy with what he thinks is important. Um, but right. I always have to remember that like our kids are watching. And so we would absolutely love for our kids to come back and farm. Like we're building a legacy. That is our whole goal with telling the story of our farming. 
operation and doing everything that we do. And so we want them to come back to the farm if they choose. Right. So it's like always, everyone's dream. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a dream. And I just want them to think that farming isn't easy by any means because it sure as heck isn't. But I want them to know how we appreciate the ability to farm. Right. So, so the communication thing kind of plays right in. Like I want Rhett and Reese to watch me communicate with Jordan. Um, so I want they to, them to appreciate that as, you know, our marriage and as their parents, but also to understand that like when mom and dad are talking business, like that's important. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. It's what it is. Yeah. And yeah. So my next tip was don't avoid fighting. Um, we live in a very high stressed, super uncontrollable lifestyle tensions will rise that is absolutely going to happen we cannot avoid a fight we cannot avoid attitudes flying that stuff is all just going to happen um so fights will happen voices will raise it happens but it isn't fun but my only advice is just remember the person on the other side of your argument is someone you love Mm -hmm. and someone you vowed to do life with better or worse try not to say things that are going to hurt them um I tend to be stubborn when we get in arguments and it's really ridiculous. And I heard a podcast the other day from a very wise woman, Jess Norman. Mm. I will shout her out. And she said, by winning an argument, you are making someone you love feel like the loser. Whether you say something that hurts them, ignore them or draw a fight out longer. You sometimes have to let down your sword and let it be the drop, the end of your rope and stop the argument. Whether you want to or not, sometimes you just have to not always need to win. And I, and I like totally needed to hear that because I am that type of person that I'm competitive. (laughs) I like to win. So competitive. I'm so competitive. And and I'm not saying I want to win an argument, but But when you're right, you're right. Okay. When you're right, you're right. 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 I'm not saying I want to lose either, but how she put it was you love the person you're arguing with. Why would you want them to feel like a loser? And it's like that really put it in perspective for me. Yeah. But it's easier to make, I think it's easier to fight with your spouse. Like it's easier, it's easier to be a huge butthole to your spouse than it is to somebody that you don't know. And you don't know their background. Like, you know, everything about your spouse for the most part. And it's easier for me to be a butthead to Jordan than it is to say, um, you know, somebody that's my friend. And that's right. not, that's not the right way to look at it, but it's just the no. truth of the situation. Like we just it fight. It is. And on that bouncing off of that, a tip is don't ever be too proud to apologize. Mm-hmm. Like an apology. Don't be so vain that you won't forgive your husband or your wife. I think we're offering like, marriage advice. Yeah. We're, are we counselors? Yeah. <laughs> again, again, we are not experts. This no is way. our own life trials and tribulations. Well, yeah, and I, the, the longer Jordan and I spend apart, the, the like less important things that we fight about. So right. we fought about a can of soda the other day, which is so ridiculous. Like the fight was absolutely 100%. It wasn't even a fight. It was just an argument. But um, and because Jordan has, you know, he was home all spring, but mentally he wasn't home. Um, and so we, but then now the last like two weeks, we've been dry, we've been running, we've been, he's been gone in the evening. And when we do go see him, you understand having multiple kids in a piece of equipment is always hard and stressful. And yes, um, because kids don't sit still and they want to drive and they both want to drive and then they both don't want to drive. Blah, blah, blah. So we and then they both yeah, go ahead. auto steer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Every, yeah. Everyone gets mad. Yep. And so the, the, 
you know, we see each other usually right in the morning before Jordan goes to work and that's about it. And so we got in an argument about this can of soda thing that was silly. And um, we would never have argued about that in the middle of winter. Right. And so we pick fights about the silliest things. Um, but we don't want to fight about business stuff. It's more like marriage and like living together stuff that we fight about. But I think it's directly related to working with him because we do have so much other stuff going on that's way more important than the can of soda. Right. And in the big perspective of things, even when they're busy, we still have to communicate a lot, whether it be to call quick to ask what this check was for or and like guys can get upset with that many calls, you know, and so just tensions can rise in the weirdest ways. Yep. Um, and my last point, which I think kind of probably will conclude our tips and tricks to working with your husband is when you answer the phone or when you're talking to them in person, you have to ask yourself, am I being the wife or am I being the business partner right now? Like this conversation that we're having, do you need me to be the business partner or do you need me to be your wife? And those are two very different things because um, there's things that happen in our business that as a wife, I would say crazy psycho things about, or maybe I would react in a way that Jordan wouldn't want me to, but as a business partner, I have to step back and say like, Oh, okay. You know, let me answer this way. Um, It doesn't mean I have to be crazy as the wife, but there are just certain situations where maybe I would um, react differently if I was his business partner versus his wife. And so I talk a lot and I like to answer quickly. And so I've had to really train myself and I'm still not good at it of letting Jordan finish talking and listening and then waiting to react. I I interrupt really bad. Yeah, right. Me too. Like, this should be interesting. You and I talking to yeah. each other. <laughs> we may just have to, like, wait and pause and, like, and talk I, and then. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I think you have to ask yourself, you know, we're talking about communication and what your kids watching and, you know, don't avoid fighting all of these things that really have to do with your marriage. But when you work with your husband, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, and it so all goes into one big ball. Maybe our husbands need to listen to this yeah. and then they'll be like, oh, I see where they're coming from. We love you, Barton Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Uh, and we won't fight anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then my last, very last tip is have fun. Um, work isn't oh, yeah. always easy or fun on a farm. So sometimes you just have to let your silly side out and enjoy life. Um, make them laugh. Bring them their favorite soda. Don't fight over it. <laughs> yes, yes, candy bars, unhealthy things, all the things. Yeah, make life feel a little lighter than how heavy it is some days because life's too short to be serious, stressed, or worried all the time. No doubt. And it is easy to be stressed as a farmer. And I think you just have to look at the positive things, um, yeah, and, you know, that you do have going for you. Right. And we are going to end every podcast with a quote. And so today's quote is, um, always be grateful for what you have because some people are wishing for your bad days. Perfect. I love it. Yep. I do too. So thank you guys for tuning in and we hope you come back for our second episode. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you guys all for listening. Whitney, thanks for chatting.